0: Hi, my name is Anna Self, and you're listening to a public podcast. If you want more information about anything going on here at Public Church, visit our website, publicchurch.com. Thanks for listening. You guys can have a seat. It's so good to be here tonight, and we are in part three of our series called Light. And one verse is the driving force for this series. And so it's going to be on the screen. It's John 1, 5. And I want to invite us just to read this together. Ready? Go. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And what we've discovered in this series is that Jesus is light. So we can actually substitute Jesus where it says light. And so let's do that and read it one more time together. Here's what it says. Jesus shines in the darkness, the darkness has not overcome him. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? And one thing I love about our church is that we are focused on action. It's not enough for us to come into this space and talk about Jesus shining in the darkness and the darkness not overcoming him, but we go out of this space and we allow Jesus to shine in the darkness around us. And one of our core values is actually going to set us up to discuss action that's flowing from this series. And it'll be on the screen and one more time if we could just read this together. Ready? Go. We celebrate wins with a passion to refine. You know, if we can just be honest for a minute. Some of us in the room need to celebrate some wins. Are there any Tennessee fans in the room? I'm sorry to bring it up. I'm a Tennessee fan. It just hurts right now. Are there any Georgia fans in the room? We're praying that the Lord would humble you in your pride. The pride goes before destruction. We're also praying that the Lord would exalt the lowly and humble Tennessee vault. Anyway, the prayers aren't working. But the point is, we may just need to celebrate some wins tonight. So if it's okay with you guys, we want to take just a few moments and celebrate wins that discuss how Jesus has been shining in the darkness as a result of this series. So win number one was Flourish. Any ladies in the room at Flourish Tuesday night? Yes, it was an incredible time for our ladies. Pictures will be scrolling on the screen just to give you a glimpse of it. And look, I'm not a woman. You probably figured it out. But just from listening, from observing, from being married, here's what I've discovered, that being a woman is tough in 2017. Am I right, ladies? I mean, it's hard to be a woman. There's all kinds of pressure, and often it feels like the darkness is just surrounding you. But yet, Flourish was an opportunity For you all to come into this space, for you to build and deepen authentic relationships, um, for you to worship together, and for Jesus to shine in the darkness around you through simple things like a picture booth, as you're going to see in the next, just having your picture taken, feeling beautiful, and also through Rhonda Weeks bringing the word. I mean, it was just an incredible time that night. And so Flourish is a win, because it was an opportunity for our ladies to allow Jesus to shine in the darkness Around them. Our second win is that one of our ladies' community groups served dinner to the Lee University track and cross country teams on Wednesday night. Look, being an athlete is tough in 2017, being a coach is tough. There are all kinds of pressures that are coming at you. And so we love our athletes at Lee and Cleveland State and our local high school and middle schools, and we love the opportunity to be a witness to them and point them to Jesus just through our serving. And just to let you know, so we fed the track and cross-country team on Wednesday night. Well, the cross-country teams had a meet on Friday. The ladies finished second, set some records. The guy, or excuse me, the ladies won and set some records. The guys finished second and set some records. So all I'm saying is that the public church pasta is pretty good stuff. You know? So I talked to Coach Morgan this morning. He comes here. He said, we might need to feed you guys before conference, right, Seth? I mean, I'm just saying... The results speak for themselves, don't they? You know, but that was a huge win for us. The third win is public students. Anybody at public students this afternoon? (laughs) Yes, if you are unaware, we have a public students community group that meets at 4 p.m. in the annex every Sunday. And what's incredible is that last week they began a series about identity. And, And come on, if you can remember being in high school, middle school, isn't that an area that's often filled with darkness and where you need the light of Jesus to shine? I mean, as a student, if you're a student now, or if you can remember being a student, like, you need the light of Jesus to shine on identity issues when you're in middle school and high school. So I love that our students have this opportunity. And just to let you guys know, there's a bonfire next Saturday night right here. And I mean, is there a more fitting event you know, to go in a series called Light in a Bonfire, you know, I mean, it's just like, it just makes sense. So if you didn't know about that, if you're a student, come on out, check out the bonfire, and then you can be part of public students. And the fourth win is people joining the night crew. That's you guys and showing up at the 530. I mean, look around. Isn't it good to be here tonight? It's awesome. And here's what I hope you guys understand, that every single person in this room, represents an open seat in the 930 and the 1130. And we say all the time that when we make room for people, we create opportunities for Jesus to change lives. And I coach high school football. And so a couple weeks ago at a JV game, I ran into the Morrisons. They're an incredible family in our church. And their two youngest sons, Lincoln and Hudson, came up to me and they said, hey, we're going to the 530. We're making room for people. And I was like, yes. (laughs) These elementary school boys are leading our church. Like They get it. And as I reflected on what they said, here's what God showed me. That just by joining the 530, Lincoln and Hutchard are joining the work of Jesus in someone's life. I mean, think about that. Just by you being here tonight and opening up a seat at the 930 and 1130, you are joining the work of Jesus in someone else's life because the person who's sitting in the seat that you left open, when they walk in, that's an opportunity for Jesus to shine in the darkness surrounding them. So isn't it incredible just to take a few moments and celebrate some wins? So Tennessee fans, do you feel any better? It's going to take a while, isn't it? We'll just keep going. We're not going to worry about that. But here's the thing. It's good to celebrate wins. But I also know this, that if we just come into this space and we just talk about pie in the sky, everything is perfect optimism, you're not coming back because that's not the real world. And so one of the aspects of this core value that I love is the balance in it. And it's going to be back on the screen. So look at it again. Notice the balance. It says, we celebrate wins with what? With a a passion to refine. It's not just about the wins. It's not about this pie-in-the-sky optimism. But it's about recognizing there are wins, but there are also areas in our lives that need to be refined. The word refine means to purify or make more precise. And throughout this series, Jesus has been moving powerfully and leading us to action, but he isn't done yet. In fact, I think he's just getting started. And so tonight, Jesus invites us to allow him to refine us, to more precisely align us with his will for our lives. And Jesus's number one tool for refining is his word. So I just want to invite you to open up your Bibles or click in your Bible apps to 1 John chapter 1. And that's where we're going to be at tonight. And as you're turning or clicking there, just want to give you a heads up about tonight. The refining that Jesus wants to do tonight is immensely personal. The refining that Jesus wants to do tonight is immensely personal, and at times, it will be painful. And the growth that we experience from the truth that we discuss is directly proportional to the way we lean into the pain. The growth that we will experience from the truth that we discussed tonight is directly proportional to the way that we lean into the pain. And if you've ever exercised, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The old cheesy saying is true, no pain, no gain. It's true in the weight room. It's true in exercising. And it's true when it comes to letting Jesus refine us. So even when it's hurting tonight, let's lean into Jesus' refining. And why should we do that? Because Jesus shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome him. In other words, it's worth it. And if you're not a Jesus follower, I just want to say, first off, we are so glad you're here. We are a church that welcomes you. We welcome your questions, your skepticism. We want to get to know you and build a relationship with you. And so we're just thrilled that you came. And I want to tell you up front that that a lot of tonight is optional for you. Now, for those of us in the room who claim to be Jesus followers, this old leaning into the pain and letting Jesus refine us thing, that's required. But if you're not a Jesus follower, this is optional. But I really believe that you're going to find some nuggets that will help you become better at life, even if you don't follow Jesus. And another huge benefit to you being with us tonight is the opportunity that you have to soak up a realistic description of what it means for you to follow Jesus. See, as I said, tonight, the refining is immensely personal. So I hope that at the very least, you can see the personal cost and the personal benefit that sit in front of you if you choose to follow Jesus. And just to put all my cards on the table, I'm praying that someone walked into this space tonight not following Jesus and walks out following Jesus. So with that in mind, let's take a look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. And the word says, this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. Now, throughout this whole series, we're looking at books written by John, and John is a disciple or follower of Jesus, and he's also one of Jesus' best friends. So when John writes, this is the message we have heard from him, this isn't a message he's heard from a distance, this is a message he has heard up close and personal from Jesus. And here's what John wants to make sure we know. He wants us to know that God is light, Jesus is light is light. This is a theme of his writings, but he doesn't stop there. He says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now, in the original language, no is emphatic, and at all is emphasized. So, if we were just to read this in original language, here's what it's really saying, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Like, John just is screaming at us, wanting us to know that the very essence of God is light, and there's not even a hint of darkness within him. And here's why that matters, because if we're going to allow Jesus to refine us, refining begins with knowing who Jesus is, knowing that he is light, and there's not even a hint of darkness in him. And then John goes on in verse 6, and he says, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, just to break that down, first word that we see is fellowship. Now, what does fellowship mean? Fellowship means community. And community is a close relationship with God. So you may wonder, why does that matter? Why does it matter if I have a close relationship with God? See, the Bible teaches that we are designed for a relationship with God. And evidence of this design is our longing for more. See, if we're completely authentic At some point in our lives, every single one of us in this room has asked the question, is there more? Is there more than my achievement? Is there more than my failures? Is there a purpose bigger than me? Is there a way to truly make my life meaningful and count for something bigger than myself? Is there more? And a consistent message of John's writings is that the more we long for, is found through a relationship with Jesus. Another way to say it is this, we find the more that we long for through community with God. And so John establishes, hey, we need community with God, and he goes on to say this, if we say that we have community with God while we walk in darkness, we lie. Well, what does it mean to walk in darkness? It means to consistently choose darkness. John isn't talking about making a mistake here and a mistake there. John is saying, look at the overall pattern of your life. And if the overall pattern of our lives is choosing darkness, then it's impossible to have a relationship with God. You know, if we claim to have a relationship with God but we consistently choose darkness, he says that we lie. And why is this? Because choosing darkness interrupts our relationship with God. See, choosing darkness interrupts our relationship with God. And why is this? What well, goes back to who God is. God is light. And what does light do? Light shines in the darkness and exposes things that are hidden in the darkness. Now, just by show of hands, how many of you in the room have ever gotten dressed in the dark only to get to school or to work and look down and go, those pants aren't black, they're navy, I look terrible? Anybody done that before? you know, or maybe guys, husbands in the room specifically, maybe you didn't even notice all day and you get home and your wife just goes, oh my goodness, I'm dressing you tomorrow. This is embarrassing. I can't believe you left the house. Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe it hasn't. But the thing is, we, it looks good in the dark, but then we step into the light and we get exposed. So if light exposes and God is light, then what does God do? So the very nature of God exposes secrets, sins, and anything else that is hidden in the darkness. So the closer we get to God, the more that all of our sins and secrets are exposed. That means that secrets and hiding things prevents us from closeness with God. See, choosing darkness actually interrupts our relationship with God. And in the book that John wrote about Jesus's life, he actually addressed this very same topic. In John 3.19, which is gonna be on the screen for us, here's what he says. He says, this is the judgment. The light, that's Jesus. Jesus has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. So Jesus came, the light came, yet they chose the darkness because their deeds were evil. He goes on to say in verse 20, for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Here's what John's saying. The light. Jesus came into the world. And people chose the darkness because they did not want Jesus to expose their secrets, their sins, and their hidden pleasures. You know, the driving verse of this series, as we said, is John 1, 5, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And oftentimes, we hear, we read verses like that, and we say, Jesus, would you please shine in the darkness around me? Like, Jesus, I just need you to shine in the darkness around me. here's the thing. Jesus will shine in the darkness around us, but he won't stop there. See, Jesus wants to shine in the darkness around us, but he's going to continue to shine in the darkness within us. So what's the darkness around us and what's the darkness within? Well, let's start with the darkness around us. The darkness around us are things that happen to us. So maybe you're a student, and your parents got divorced. That's something happening to you. It's hurricanes, national, or natural disasters that our nation has encountered over the past few weeks. There are things happening to us. Maybe you're a student or an adult and you don't know who your mom is. You don't know who your dad is. That's the darkness around us. Maybe you lost your job. You had a big change in your job that really just wrecks your family life. Maybe the darkness around you is death. Someone you loved either died suddenly or got an illness and passed away. See, the darkness around us are things that happen to us. And we ask Jesus to shine in the darkness around us, but he's gonna keep shining till he gets to the darkness within us. So what's the darkness within us? It's things we choose. It could be greed and materialism. Maybe you find a lot of value in what you own, yet it never satisfies you. It always leaves you wanting more. The newest phone a newer truck, a bigger boat, a better house, more clothes. Maybe the darkness within us is an emotional affair that no one knows about but you. Nobody knows about the secret text, the secret conversations, the secret meetings, and you know it's about to turn physical, and the other person knows it's about to turn physical. But this is something that you are choosing. Maybe it's pornography for both the ladies and the men in the room. Maybe pornography Is the darkness within that we choose. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an inability to stop getting drunk. Maybe it's an inability to stop taking some substance or drug. Maybe it's anger. Your kids or those you love, they hesitate to tell you when something's changed or when something's off or when something's going wrong because they've seen you lose it so many times times. Maybe the darkness within is unforgiveness or bitterness. And on the outside, you say, oh, I want to let go and I want to forgive. But on the inside, you are choosing to let that bitterness fester. Maybe it's an unwillingness to engage in the most important relationships in your life. You know that you should spend intentional time with your wife, intentional time with your kids, but you just can't bring yourself to leave work early and do what you need to do. See, Jesus shines in the darkness around, but he continues to shine in the darkness within. And look, you guys are smart. I really believe that every single one of us in the room has something specific on our mind right now, a specific area of darkness within us. And in fact, I'm just gonna pray and ask Jesus to reveal the darkness within to us right now. Jesus, would you specifically speak to every single person in this room? Because you can do that. You're big enough. And would you show us the darkness within? And as you reveal that in our hearts, I pray that you would give us the courage to allow you to purify us, to refine us, and to get rid of that, to allow you to shine on the darkness inside of us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Now, as we've discussed the darkness within and prayed, some of you are like, okay, look, I was hiding that, and I didn't really want to go there, but now that you brought it up, I need Jesus to shine in that. Like, I am ready for the light to enter that. But if we're honest, there's some of us in this room who have another opinion. And the opinion is, we like the darkness. We choose the darkness because hmm, we like it. We like having the newest toy and our friends noticing what we own. We like the thrill, of the secret picture text that no one knows about. And yeah, we know it's about to get physical, and that kind of gives us a thrill too. We make plans around times that we're going to be alone so that we can look at pornography. We like getting drunk. We like getting high and the feeling and numbness that comes when we're able to leave all our problems behind. We like the power our anger gives us because it makes us feel strong. And we know that our kids and those who love us fear us, but that gives us control. And in our marriage with our kids... You know, they can do something too. We might need to invest in them, but who am I to initiate? I'll move when they move. And a lot of times, when it comes to the darkness within, we like it. And if we're honest, every single one of us in the room has been at a point in our lives where we chose the darkness because we liked it. And when we choose the darkness that interrupts our relationship with God, you know that's exactly what John's talking about in John 3:20. The Bible is so relevant. He said that when Jesus came, people saw him, they saw the light, but they chose the darkness because they weren't willing to give it up. And as long as we continue to walk in darkness, to consistently choose darkness, it will continue to interrupt any type of community that we want to have with God. But here's the thing, there's a choice. We don't have to keep choosing the darkness. We can choose the light. In 1 John 1.7, here's what he writes. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' son cleanses us from all sin. This idea of walking in the light means to consistently choose the light. That we're consistently choosing the light rather than darkness. John isn't saying that we don't make a mistake here and there because we're going to do that. But John is saying the overall pattern of our lives is choosing light instead of darkness. So what does it mean to choose light? Choosing light means living with authenticity. Choosing light means living with authenticity. The word authentic means to be real, genuine, and vulnerable. And, And this is huge, it's huge that we understand that choosing the light does not mean living perfectly. Choosing the light does not mean living perfectly. There's only one who has ever lived that has navigated the human experience perfectly, and his name is Jesus. And he was fully God and fully man. And here's what he did for us in his innocence, he willingly died on the cross for us. He took our punishment. So the standard for us is not perfection. The standard for us is authenticity. In fact, that's why in 1 John 1, 7, it says that his blood, the blood of Jesus, cleanses us from every sin. So choosing light does not mean living perfectly. Choosing light means living with authenticity. It means being real, genuine, and vulnerable. Here's how John said it in John 3.21. He said this. He said, but whoever does what is true, that means authentic. Whoever does what is true, whoever is authentic, comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. See, if we're gonna choose the light, then that means that we live with authenticity so that everything can be exposed, so that it can be clearly seen. And here's what's awesome. I love the last part of this verse. It says that when we truly choose the light and live with authenticity, the others, they don't look to us, they look through us. And they see that every good thing in us is sourced in Jesus. And look, when we're doing the right thing, we like living with authenticity. I mean, think back to your childhood, or maybe you're still a child and you live at home, and think about the one day a year when you actually made your bed without your mom telling you to do that. For some of you, you're like, "Uh, that was once every three years. But think about That one day when you made your bed and cleaned your room, here's a question, did you open or close your door on that day? You opened it, didn't you? You not only opened it, you waited for your mama to walk by. And if your mom didn't walk by, you were like, mom, I need you. What do you want? Uh, Could you just come back here for a minute? And she walks in and you're like, doesn't the bed look nice, mama? You know, right? We, when we're doing the right thing, we love living with authenticity. And look, when we grow up, it doesn't really change. Think about if you're married, the time that you do the dishes, you fold the laundry, you mow the yard, and your spouse gets home, you want them to notice, right? Guys, I mean, come on. Like, we're sitting there watching TV most of the time when our wives come home, but the one day we do the dishes, we get off the couch as soon as we hear her pulling the driveway, we go to the kitchen, we stand right by the clean dishes, and we're like, hey, babe, it's so good to see you. Doesn't the sink look good? I love you, right? (laughs) Because when we are doing the right thing, we love to live with openness. We love to be genuine, real, and vulnerable. But what about when we're not doing the right thing? So here's what John says about that. In verse 8, he says, well, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. He says, look, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Look, we all know how messed up we are and we all are similar in that. So we need to stop pretending that we don't have sin. Instead, he proposed an alternative in verse nine. He says, If we confess, that word means own, if we own our sins, Jesus is faithful. That means he's trustworthy. We can count on Jesus to forgive us of our sins. And not only is he faithful, but he is just. That because of the cross, Jesus is justified when he forgives us of our sins. And I love that the verse doesn't stop with forgiveness. It doesn't just say that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us, but it says, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's what that means. Forgiveness is about our sins being dismissed. Cleansing is about our sins being removed. See, Jesus doesn't just dismiss the darkness in our lives. Jesus is actively at work in our lives and our hearts at a soul level trying to remove the darkness from our lives to cleanse us so that we can minimize our future mistakes so we can truly walk in freedom. Isn't that incredible? And then he says in verse 10, he says... And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Verse 10 is really just another way to say verse 8. The redundancy, the repetitiveness is intentional by John to let us know that if we're going to choose light, we must live with authenticity. If we say we have not sinned, (laughs) look, God already knows. Just a little secret. He's God, and he's not a liar. So it's like we're saying he's a liar when he's not a liar, so let's just own our sin. I think in my life, I really began to see the darkness within me last spring when Jesus began to shine in a dark area of my heart. Um, Whitney and I were out of town in the D.C. area, and we were speaking and leading for student retreat. And it was between gatherings, and I just said something really rude to her, and she was just honest and said that was rude, and I responded by saying, "Oh well, I mean, I didn't mean it that way. You just took it the wrong way. No, no. I mean, here's what I really meant." I was lying. I really did mean it, and I said it, but my initial reaction wasn't authenticity. It was to hide, to cover up my sin. And thankfully, Jesus began to shine on the darkness within me, and so very quickly I said, hey, that was rude. There's no excuses. I shouldn't have said that. Would you please forgive me? And in a very Jesus-like manner, Whitney forgave me. We moved on, and we ended up having a great day. And that's what Jesus wants to do for us. See, the thing is, we can't be forgiven of what we don't own. We can't be forgiven of what we don't own. So the first step for a lot of us is to confess, to own our sins. And then we can know that Jesus is faithful and he's just to forgive us and to begin cleansing us and removing the darkness that's within us. See, we have a choice, and we have an opportunity to begin stepping into authenticity, and in fact, in a few moments, we're going to have an opportunity to take a tangible step into authenticity. But before we do, there's a question that we have to ask, and it's this question. Why should we choose the light? Like, why should we choose the light. And look, if if you had a tough time getting here, if maybe you overcame some obstacles to get here tonight, this question is worth all the trouble, all the effort it took to get here. Because this is what we really want to know, isn't it? We really want to know why should we choose the light? Because here's the reality. Darkness can be fun. Darkness is appealing. So why not choose the darkness? And if you're not a Jesus follower, the chances are very high that at some point in your life, a Jesus follower has told you what to do while failing to explain why to do it. And for us who are Jesus followers, it's not enough for us to know what to do. We need to know why to do it. We need to be reminded why Jesus is better. So this is the question. That if we're really gonna leave the darkness behind, if we're really gonna invite Jesus to shine in the darkness within, we must have a clear and compelling answer to this question. And thankfully, John answers it in verse seven. Why should we choose the light? He gives us two reasons in verse seven. Reason number one is community. If you look at this phrase, he says, we have fellowship with one another. He says, if we choose the light, we have fellowship. The word means community, with one another. See, here's one benefit to choosing the light. It's community. It's authentic relationships. Think about your bestie. Think about your best friend. Here's how you become a bestie. You're authentic. You're genuine, real, and vulnerable, right? Have you ever had a bestie betray you? Guess what you do? You mark them off the bestie list, and you say, looking for a new bestie, right? I mean, you can't be my bestie unless I can trust you. See, in order for us to have community with people, in order for us to have authentic relationships, check this out. We have to be authentic, don't we? How many of you have had someone in your life that you had to ask the exact right question to to get the truth? You know what I'm talking about? If you don't phrase it the exact right way and back them in a corner, you're not gonna get the truth. What did that do to your relationship with them? I'm willing to bet it created distance. You may not even be friends today. But have you also had someone in your life that you ask one question to and it's just like, boom? soul-level conversation right away. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I need prayer for. Here's what, where I'm, I'm doing well. Like, just real, genuine, vulnerable talk right away. And what did that do to your relationship? They probably got bumped into your potential bestie list, didn't they? And they may be your bestie today. See, we can't have authentic relationships without authenticity. And as long as we're choosing the darkness and hiding things and living with pretense, community will always be fleeting. But when we step into the light, Jesus offers us community, but he offers us one more thing. Not only community, he offers us peace. See, that verse says that Jesus, his blood cleanses us from sin. See, we're offered peace with God. Think about that, peace with God. The reality that God is pleased with us. And, And not because we've earned anything, but because we came to him in our mess and said, Jesus, here I am, really messed up. And Jesus looked on us and he didn't see our mess, but he saw his blood covering us. See, when we begin to live with authenticity, we give Jesus an opportunity to forgive us and we can have peace with God. Some of us in the room were struggling seeing God. You may have walked into not thinking, man, I just can't see God. Here's what Jesus said Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Like, okay, well, well, how do I get purity? It starts with authenticity. It starts with openness. It starts with being genuine, real, and vulnerable. And over time, you will see God. See, we get community, we get peace with God, but we also get peace with ourselves. And for any of us in the room who (laughs) have lived without that, we know that that's pretty much priceless. See, secrets are tough, aren't they? You tell this lie to this person and this lie to this person. You got to remember, okay, lie number one belongs to him and lie number two belongs to her. And I got a lie here and a lie here. And you're trying to keep it all straight and you lay your pi- head on your pillow at night and you're thinking, what if my wife finds out? What if my boss finds out? What if my friends find out? And it's exhausting trying to cover up everything and hide your tracks and, and pretend and all this pretense. Man, it just wears you out. And Jesus offers us the chance to have peace with ourselves, to lay our head on our pillow at night and say, hey, who cares if they find out because it's all open anyway? I'm not perfect, but I'll own it all. I mean, if you've never had that, let me just tell you, it's priceless. It's priceless to have community, to have peace with God and to have peace with yourself. And so why should we choose the light? Yeah, the darkness is fine. Yeah, the darkness is appealing, but we get community and peace if we choose the light. And look, at the end of the day, If we're really gut-level honest with ourselves, I think we'd all agree that community and peace are far more valuable than the fleeting pleasures of the darkness. So we've had a choice. Are we gonna choose light or choose darkness? And if you're here tonight and you're not a Jesus follower, I just wanna give you an opportunity right now to choose to let Jesus shine in your heart for the very first time. If you wanna follow him, you can just say something like this, Jesus, I'm a mess. But Jesus, you died on the cross and you rose from the dead so I could be forgiven so that I could have a relationship with you so that I could find the more I'm longing for. So would you give it to me, Jesus? And if you pray something like that, he'll give it to you right now. And you may have walked into this room not following Jesus, but you can walk out of this room following Jesus. And if you have any questions about that, we'll have a couple leaders underneath this exit sign from the refuge room and they would just love to talk with you. And if you're a Jesus follower and you have any questions about what it means to to just let Jesus shine on the darkness within, I also want to invite you to just go to our refuge room leaders. They would love to listen to you, to talk with you and pray with you. And right now, our production team is setting up an incredible way that we have where we can take a tangible step right now towards authenticity. So you can see that things have been written on this canvas all day, and what people have done at 9.30 and 11.30 is they've walked up here, they've grabbed a marker, and they've written a word or a brief phrase that describes the darkness within. They've taken a step to choose the light and live with authenticity by writing this. And look, don't write your name. Nobody's gonna know what you wrote, but this is a tangible way that you can walk up here, pick up a marker, and write down the darkness That's within. Because when we begin to do that, here's what we do. We invite Jesus to shine in the darkness. And here's what Jesus tells us, that Jesus shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome him. And he wants to begin to shine on the darkness within us right here and right now. So I'm gonna pray. When I'm done praying, I just invite you to come up, sign this, write the darkness within. Join the several hundred people who've been here already today who've just signed this, who've taken a tangible step towards authenticity because all these confessions represent us getting closer to choosing the light. And when you're done and you have a seat, just take a few minutes to pray, reflect, and after a time, public worship will come up and lead us to continue responding through worship with music. So Jesus, would you speak to us? Jesus, I pray that you would specifically show every single one of us in the room the darkness that is within us, the darkness that we need to write on this canvas. And Jesus, I ask that you would give us the courage to get up out of our seat and to come write on it, that we would not let the room be an obstacle, but from the very back row on the far right to the closest seat next to the canvas, that people would feel freedom to walk up here and take a tangible step towards authenticity. Jesus, give us the strength and we need you. Would you shine in us?